in all honesty, I don't clean my face either. It's interesting. Like, I don't think we really need to be cleaning as OCD as we think we do. It's so important to have your body produce these natural oils throughout it. You know, they came out with this lawsuits on some of these companies that are typically found in like Walmart, some of these brands like CeraVe and like different ones out there that the shampoo companies, I believe they had a lawsuit against them for promoting like hair growth, but they're actually causing hair loss. And it's because of all these crazy ingredients in them that, are, that people are rubbing into the scalp and it's actually promoting hair loss. Welcome to the Holistically Healthy Podcast, where I, Sedona Treganing, nutritional therapy practitioner and NASM certified trainer, bust health myths and teach you how to become the healthiest, most confident version of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Holistically Healthy Podcast. Today, I have my friend Christian on, and I think Christian is so amazing. (laughs) I think his Instagram is so funny and also just packed with so much information and done a live session with him before, but I wanted to bring him on here today to talk to you guys a little bit more about men's health and how it's been declining along with just pretty much everyone's health. But I I thought it'd be really cool to talk about men today. And yeah, so he's a a health and lifestyle coach for men. And so I figured he'd be really great to talk about this topic. Hi. (laughs) Mm, Hello, Sedona. I'm super stoked to brew up some good stuff for people to help them out in these different facets of health. Yeah. Now, so I guess like briefly, what got you into this whole health coaching field? Mm, Yeah, it's a multitude of things as we all are with humans. It's not necessarily linear. You know, obviously there's so many paths that carve out our one path, but It really started through my family's health as a primary inspiration. I like to say, you know, negativity inspires a lot of us and the hardship and challenge. And that leads us towards more of that positivity, which is now my position as a quote unquote life coach in this multidimensional space. Like that's how I label myself in many ways as a lifestyle coach. And, you know, my family went through a lot of hardship. My little sister Nina had a heart transplant in March of 2014. She was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, which is basically like a two chambered heart. So you can imagine being born with this heart that doesn't have the four chambers. It's very, very resistant to blood flow, ample blood flow. She also had like, I don't think she was born with a spleen from what I'm aware of too. And I say, I don't think because we've had like interesting conversations about that, but which means basically her immune system was very much compromised throughout her life. So, you know, by the time she was about 13 years old, she was administered into the hospital. This is actually Christmas Eve of 2013. And we thought it was just a little, you know, sprout of just like her going into the procedure room again and going through some like little things but pneumonia just started to set in it started getting worse and worse and she was in the hospital for three plus months like just sitting on a hospital bed imagine like the blue lights the stale air there's no sunlight like that's the epitome of our healthcare system today and i saw this as a young 15 year old and was very much like this is a an issue you know this is not health this is not natural so all these little red flags started sprouting in my head and you know, thank God for her getting the heart transplant because she wouldn't be here today. You know, the the medical system, thank, thank God we have that, you know, because this modern medicine allows us to pump through some of these injuries we have, you know, these acute issues, maybe some of these disease states that can cure us in many ways and keep us alive. So I'm so blessed to have this modern medicine, but there's this huge twist of, you know, the, the crazy amount of medications he was given that weren't really necessary. You know, a lot of different antibiotics that were just constantly do 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 given to her. So her microbiome was just completely devoid right now. And also just seeing what they were feeding her in the hospital room. You know, I was I wasn't even into this scene yet of nutrition and health. And yet I saw her being fed breads, you know, different canned goods that were just devoid of these nutrients. 
And it always struck me like there's something going on here. Like this isn't real health. So right around that time, as Nina, uh, you know, she's doing much better now, by the way, she's doing great. But right around that time, I also just sprouted a bunch of awareness to health. You know, she was almost the catalyst for that. And I started just diving into so many different health conscious podcasts, listening to hours of it, becoming that like, you know, almost back burner of my mind is like this little voice in the head, which is all these podcasters speaking all these cool sciencey things with anatomy and physiology and biochemistry and just overall biohacking and health and to go to community college. And in community college in St. Louis, Missouri, I studied a ton of these classes that I just mentioned, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry. And that led me on a path to transferring to the University of Arkansas to study human nutrition, science, and kinesiology, exercise science. Now, these two fields are really cool to me, but I realized that I'm an entrepreneur at heart. This is not something I'm going to fall into the lines of listening to someone else to tell me what to do, not to mention the things they were teaching and preaching in these classes were either outdated or fully just bullshit. Like they just were not ingrained into reality and my reality of what is real health. You know, we have the food pyramid, for example, we have pasteurized milk promoted. We have certain applications that were integrated into these nutrition classes regarding drugs and pharmaceuticals as a means to help these people with obesity. And it's just very strange, like gastric bypass was something we had a whole course on. I'm like, why am I learning about just cutting up the insides of our body to resist this you know, cravings to eat more food. It's like, there's something physiologically that needs to be changed and therapeutically for these people to wake up and eat differently, right? So little nuggets of all these little like negatives that inspired me towards like, what is real health? What is raw health? What is positive? And I just started posting content and one thing led to the next. I'm not just a full-time content creator. I'm an inspirer, not necessarily an influencer, but I also work with a lot of clients, one-on-one group coaching, typically with men. You know, supporting nutrition, fitness, and a lot of lifestyle mindset habits, and currently in the process of building a lot of online community-based things. So that's where I'm at now. It's a crazy, and that's that's only a little like spice of what has happened in the entire recipe, right? Yeah, that's super cool. I know it is so crazy. I was also in college and I was studying like kinesiology, and I had like a nutrition class, and it just it didn't sit right with me. I think uh-huh. that's where I've always been like asking the question, like, why? Like, why do we have to get gastric bypass surgery? Like, why, you know, do people have these health issues where they're recommended antibiotics and medications? Like, it's always asking why. Why does this originate in the first place? So I can definitely relate to a lot of what you're saying. And okay, now you say you work with a lot of men. What are some common health issues that men are facing right now that they may not even be aware of? Mm, Very common ones are, I think, men associating testosterone to just in a supplement deficiency. I see this as such a big thing today where guys are like seeing these ads on like, take this supplement to boost testosterone. I'm this guy too. I share a lot of holistic-based supplements for that, but I don't think any single supplement is really going to make the difference if you don't change your sleep, if you don't change your thyroid hormone, you don't change like something. Well, where does the issue with the thyroid hormone happen, right? It's detoxing the body. We're just loaded up in so many toxins. So I think the, the root is the gut health. It's the detoxification, it's nutrition, it's movement, it's sunlight, it's grounding, it's sleep. It's basic things. And we're thinking, the majority of us as men kept keep thinking that like the deficiency is not those things we're not putting the energy towards. It's actually just a supplement that could just spice it up another, you know, 100, 200 points. And so I think testosterone, a lot of guys are worried about. Fertility guys are starting to get worried about because there's I mean, there's like 22 year olds I'm talking about, I'm talking to online that are having testosterone levels below 400. And 
that's just total testosterone. I can't even imagine what the free T is, but the whole point is, I think not delving into the world of quick fixes and instant gratification, that's going to make the biggest difference for men. Yeah. Which is hard, right? Because we were just talking about how I feel like I feel alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel alone in like my health journey, like physically and mentally. And it's because the world is no longer designed for us to be healthy. So I feel like a lot of people want to supplement to have them feel better. But the truth is you can't just take a supplement. There is no snap of the fingers, like quick fix. It's like actually, okay, what does your lifestyle have to look like to have healthy hormones, to have, you know, energy and all of that. And don't get me wrong too, the supplements can create that extra 10% oomph to allow some of these changes to occur. Like if you are having some major gut issues, maybe some digestive enzymes will support you on bloating, which can inspire you to eat better foods or whatever, right? So it might actually be a catalyst to create some of these changes, some of these supplements like magnesium, whatever it may be. But I think it's just getting out of the mindset like, this is the thing. This is what's going to help. It's the same idea of medications, you know, being handed out like candy in some of these, you know, some of these hospitals and whatnot and by doctors. It's the same concept, just a different form. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I think the reason why I say that in the first place is I relate to that so hard because I went from coach to coach to coach to protocol to protocol to protocol oh, yeah. trying to fix my gut. And it definitely helped. Like those things help. But if that root cause is not addressed, like the constant stress, the trauma, the not sleeping well, all of that poor relationships, like then it's, mm-hmm. you know, supplements can't do a whole lot. And I know also you talk a lot about like the environmental toxins and even like underwear and how that can influence yeah. men's testosterone levels. But actually... What are some things that that men can do, like get rid of in their lifestyle that will help them with higher energy, better testosterone and better gut health? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned just external things like any cosmetics, any external applications whatsoever, just really pinpoint what is in my environment that I'm constantly lathering on my body, spritzing on my body, spraying on my body, rubbing in my hair, you know, any of these types of applications can inhibit or not just inhibit testosterone, but increased estrogen because they're, you know, xenoestrogens, they're called X-E-N-O estrogens. Like these are basically synthetic, typically man-made estrogens that are just really horrible for our hormones and fertility long-term or reproductive health. And so, you know, I'd say just really cracking the code on just getting super dumbed down simple on the ingredients. Like for instance, today I don't use any shampoo. I use egg, believe it or not, eggs. I crack them open, I rub it into the scalp, leave it in for five minutes, maybe two to three times a week the proteins in the eggs and all the different, you know, fat soluble vitamins and whatnot, they're really good for the scalp. They're really good for the hair. Leave that in, maybe add some apple cider vinegar, which, you know, surprisingly apple cider vinegar, even though it's acidic, can spark a lot of the microbiome benefits of the scalp. You know, it's actually more acidic, which our scalp is already in an acidic state. And so if you can get that more acidic stuff, it's going to help out versus like the buffers to it which cause a lot of hair dandruff and whatnot. And that's exactly what some of these shampoos and soaps are, is they're causing a lot of imbalances in the pH on the scalp. And so there you go right there, you know, just apple cider vinegar, eggs, you can play around with, you know, adding maybe a little rosemary essential oil or some olive oil or jojoba oil, like coconut oil, simple oils. And like, those are simple things you can add to your body, add to your face. Like I'm a big fan of beef tallow. I've been using that like all the time on the face. That's helped a lot. So minimizing to maximize and for cosmetics, you know, you mentioned polyester, you know, limiting polyester underwear, limiting these synthetic fabrics made by the petrochemical industry. A lot of them are infused with formaldehydes, ammonias, dyes, things that are not made by nature once again. And so if we put that on our skin all the time, even when it's combined with a workout or heat, 
it's even going to penetrate our skin even more. You know, so this is the thing is like understanding that your whole body is a bacterial, fungal, viral being. And the more anti we are with those things through antibiotics, through anti whatever, the more we're anti life basically. And so how do we, how do we feed the microbiome to create symbiosis through external and internal things? You know, nutrition is obvious too. Uh, so these are just a variety of things that come to mind. It was interesting what you said about the beef tallow and using that on your skin. So I'm someone that, I don't know about you, but I'm someone that's never been acne prone, really. Like I would have a couple pimples growing up, but I never use anything antibacterial to like wash my face. Mm. I usually just moisturize and more recently I've been using beef tallow and I feel like my skin looks so good. Actually, do you have clients or do you, because I'm not really big on skin health, but do you have any data that would suggest that maybe cleansers aren't the best? I'm sure there is. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I don't clean, clean my face either. It's interesting. Like, I don't think we really need to be cleaning as OCD as we think we do, you know, even just with hair and with their, you know, there's, it's so important to have your body produce these natural oils throughout it. And that's really, I think, you know, they came out with this actual, I think they, uh, there's some lawsuits on some of these companies that are typically found in like Walmart, some of these brands like CeraVe and like different ones out there that the shampoo companies, I believe they had a lawsuit against them for promoting like hair growth, but they're actually causing hair loss. And it's because of all these crazy ingredients and then the people are rubbing into the scalp and it's actually promoting hair loss. So, you know, the reason that's happening is the pH is the microbiome is the oils being stripped away and then it becomes an infertile soil of your, your scalp. Right. And so with the beef towel, yeah, that's been like game changing for me just to brighten up the pores. You know, it helps with scars, acne, things like that. I can very much agree with that and vouch for it, but I don't have specific data on that. I just intuitively too, just speaking on that, like it doesn't feel good just to scrub the face all the time. You know? No, I know. Yeah. Speaking of intuition, and I feel like we're on the same page too with just the more natural things can be, the better. And I guess like what are some things that humans should be doing that are good for them that are forgotten? So for example, like we were talking about sleep, right? Like how that plays a big role in testosterone. And, you know, when we think about how we are as human beings, we think, okay, we definitely need sleep. Like that's like a natural thing that is supposed to come to us that we, a lot of people don't get, but are there like two or three things that are, that should be things that we just naturally do that a lot of people are avoiding that's impacting their health? Mm, I love that question. Yeah. I find like it's, it's going back to just dive into the archives of what our primal, like, rah, like kind of like ancestors may have done, you know, 2000 plus years ago, 3000, 4000, whatever, maybe it had been even just like ancient Greece. Just think about what they did. Water, you know, water is so simple. Like I think really focusing on how do we get water that is vortexed or restructured along with filtered from some of these contaminants. You know, I don't think many people really think twice about just pouring their glass out of the tap. And once you make the shift as well, you'll be like almost having this sentimental energy of like getting hose water when you were playing as a kid with the hose. It just tasted like this rusty, nasty taste. You'll start realizing that tap water tastes like that as you begin to make the shift into really good quality filtered, remineralized, restructured water. Water is life. It's not just this physical thing that everyone makes it out to be. It's really something that is spiritual, right? It carries energy. And so if we can look at water as something that is energetically like either in alignment or out of alignment with our body and cells, it can make so much of a difference in our health. And this could even be just like praying over your water, like sending intentions into it, like things that are a little bit more esoteric and kind of unique, but in a way that it's like, I am intentionally letting this thing come into my body. It's more bioavailable, more loving. 
you know, more spiritual in a sense, it's going to provide more vitality for me at that point. So I think those are, you know, the overall encapsulation of that is intention with everything. You know, that's been a huge thing in my life is I used to be so aloof just eating food really quick as I was younger, just quickly getting it down and then going back to school or work or whatever. But sitting down and, and praying or just blessing or just taking at least two breaths, three breaths, right? It takes 15 seconds. It takes 20 seconds. It takes 30 seconds just to set some type of bodily connection versus being in the mind, it's, it's such a powerful tool. That's what I would say. It's just like something that many people are not forging into their lives. A big thing for me has been, and I'm still working on this, is like the whole intention thing, especially because, you know, our a lot of our lifestyles are just very fast, very go, go, go. Do you use any type of specific like meditation practice or specific mindfulness practice for the people that you work with that helps them with their health? Mm. I like a, there's this 20 minute one that is read by this guy, Sean, Sean, I forgot his name, but there's, it's on Spotify. You can even look up like Sean Ram Das meditation. He basically reads meditation that Ram Das wrote up years ago. And it's a really nice starter because it really sets the tone for like connecting to your spirit. And visually, it's a visualization meditation to look at your spirit outside of you and then re-encapsulate that back into yourself. I think a simple 20 minute guided meditation is a great catalyst to start meditating in silence or using binaural beats or just, yeah, silence is one of the best medicines. So a lot of times that can be challenging because we are so go-go. Having some type of somewhat dopamine or someone kind of guiding us can be helpful to get started on that mindfulness practice. For me today, I do primarily just do a lot of the silent retreat. You know, I'll throw in binaural beats occasionally, but lately I've been really enjoying just having silence. I have been having some emotional things come up in my life with relationships and shifts with that and you know certain things that are changing in my business and so i would just take this time 20 minutes 10 minutes it doesn't have to be crazy long just to reflect and this is either right when i wake up or right before going to bed is typically the best time i find for me and that i think a lot of people can agree that's a good translation for most yeah i don't know what i would do if i didn't go on my my daily walk in the morning walking yeah yeah that's actually another thing too like people just need to walk yeah it's simple it's crazy. But I know, you know, if I didn't have my dog, maybe I wouldn't walk as much. That is my excuse. I have to walk him. But no, I mean, silence is so crazy. I think a lot of the times we try and force answers into our life. But when we just get out in nature and we're quiet, it's like all of a sudden some amazing idea or some huge revelation just like breaks through and we're like, holy mm-hmm. shit, where was that all along? So that's a definitely a big one. But yeah, I love that you... Are intentional and that you focus a lot on just like being silent and everything that's huge okay so so again when it comes back to testosterone and men's health specifically so a lot of these lifestyle things really matter and you know not being stressed really matters and, and digestive health really matters but i guess like i've never really talked about the supplements that that men could take if they feel like they're quote unquote, doing all the things right. And they're still having low energy, you know, maybe other symptoms of like low testosterone and low libido and all of that. Like, uh, what are some supplements or where could they look to see what else might be going wrong? Mm, Yeah. You know, when it comes to supplements, I like to think of things as not necessarily like this herb, like for instance, Tonga Ali is something that gained a lot of momentum ever since Huberman started promoting. I think it has its efficacious value, but really that's an herb that isn't really filling in a deficiency that most people would have, most men would have that would actually reignite some of this testosterone levels. So I think a foundation as a deficiency would be these minerals, like just a full spectrum mineral source, whether it's an electrolyte powder, a good quality, even just salt, like just plain old salt, 
A lot of us are getting our sodium intake skyrocketed, and this is what's causing a lot of the heart issues, a lot of the atherosclerosis, right? And a lot of the, the tightening of the arteries. That is actually caused from too much sodium. It's not salt, it's too much sodium. And then an imbalance of the other minerals in the cell. So then all of a sudden we're getting too much like this crazy constriction problem. So I think just getting the full spectrum mineral intake is really, really beneficial for that. You know, magnesium has been shown in multi a multitude of studies to boost testosterone because most guys are deficient. That creates a negative feedback loop of you're deficient in magnesium, makes you more stressed, more stress creates deficiency in magnesium, and it just -do 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 -do, and it creates a spiral downward. So every day we deplete it just from stress alone, and it, the demand is pretty high with magnesium. So I say for most men, getting 400 to 800 milligrams of a supplemental source of magnesium can be beneficial. Magnesium glycinate's great, bisglycinate, those are great forms that are absorbable. I personally take magnesium breakthrough from this company, Bioptimizers, I'm affiliated with. For years I have been because it has seven forms of magnesium. And you know, just knowing that fills in different gaps in the body, whether it's the nervous system, the bones, muscle, things like that. I also would say, you know, speaking of minerals, Shilajit's gaining a lot of momentum and kind of mainstream growth nowadays. I started taking that about five years ago with the interest in testosterone boosting. And that's a really cool resin that's extracted from the Himalayan mountains, typically. It's been used for thousands of years. It's known as an herb in Ayurveda, but it's this tar black resin that's loaded up in these fulvic and humic acids, amino acids, and minerals. And so it's just chock full of like 70 plus trace minerals. So speaking of minerals, like that's a big foundation, I'd say for most guys just to really prioritize fat soluble vitamins are really important. So getting that from just quality animal-based sources is usually best pasture raised eggs, grass fed beef, but that's just a little foundation right there. I could go into the weeds on a lot of things, but if any of you guys are listening or even gals, like just starting with minerals, is going to help out with hormones for sure. Yeah. And I would say too, like make sure you're absorbing. Things. That's a big part of it. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find a lot of people that you work with that that struggle with low testosterone or symptoms of it, like have digestive issues? Absolutely. They're totally interconnected for sure. It's pretty crazy. All the shit that's in our food. Yeah. And all the antibiotics are given. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know about you. I would say like easiest way to fix that too, or not fix it. I mean, if you have bacterial overgrowth, then you're you're going to have to address that at some point, probably with supplements. But if you're trying to prevent digestive issues or heal mild digestive issues, I mean, I would say just eat whole foods, right? Like single ingredient foods and minimize the process shit. Exactly. A simple elimination diet is the best way to go. That's the first thing you should focus on. You know, if you start adding a bunch of supplements, that's also a problem because you don't really know what's working. So it's always about minimizing and maximize again. So start off with one supplement, take it for a, four, four to eight weeks, see how you feel, maybe add another one, maybe remove it if you're not feeling anything. You know, even probiotics, as you know, Sedona can cause a multitude of issues. If you're taking the wrong ones, it can actually spiral you down a, a track of actually more dysbiosis, right? It can be actually causing candida to overgrowth even more. You know, I see this all the time with kombucha supplement or kombucha drinks. You know, these people are drinking kombucha saying, my God, it's all healthy from this, but it's actually feeding candida more and more and more because the sugar content's high and it has certain strains of probiotics that replicate that aren't good for your health. So I think being very weary of adding some of these ferments like kimchi, sauerkraut, kombucha, being weary of certain supplementation with probiotics is key and start off by removing all the foods that aren't serving you, go on that diet for a while, and then start integrating some of these fermented foods and things. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think this is a lot of great information. So I guess for the men listening or the women who have boyfriends, husbands, what would be your biggest advice then for men's health? Or maybe like one or two things, takeaways that people can have? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mental thing. You know, it's creating the why, not having the why 
be created for you in your life, right? I think a lot of times we think that our purpose is something we find or our why is something we find, but it's really about crystallizing it through just self-discovery. It's already within you. All the answers are within you. And that sounds kind of woo-woo, whatever, but it actually is true. I mean, it's one of those things that if we actually take the time, you know, we were talking about meditation today, to reflect and get deep onto like, what is my why? What is this purpose of making these changes for my health? That's going to be the inspiration to keep consistently making the habits and making the changes for the habits. I've gone down a path of just doing things like lifting heavy weights and building bodybuilding. And you're familiar with that too in your life with training. And it's, you know, it's one of those things I started realizing it was an external validation thing. It wasn't even like I wanted to do this for myself and that didn't last. Right. And then there was this void for a period of time in life. So firsthand, I know that if you can dig deep into a why that is created from within, not something outside of you, it's going to make all the difference in you actually holding on to all these habits. And that goes for everyone. That goes for men and women included. Yeah, that's a really good point. I guess one more question for you then. Outside of, well, I guess it would be meditation. I mean, like, how do people find their why? I think I'm I'm saying this because it's hard to differentiate between like what you want for yourself and what the world wants. Like, how do you differentiate that? Because sometimes the thing that the world wants or your family wants for you can be so deeply ingrained within you. It's really hard to decide what you want. Mm. So I I think for me, probably like traveling has been really helpful for discovering my why or at least starting to. But yeah, is there any other advice for that? Huge. I like that. Yeah. Changing your scenery. I think a lot of us are living pretty stagnant with the same shit. We're seeing the same exact infrastructure. We're in the same architecture. We're in the same room. We're in the same there's like a lack of inspiration. Like how do, how do we expect to make creativity or understand where we want to go in life if we're in the same place all the time? That's been with my question for a while. I've been at the same condo for two and a half years in Arkansas. Like it's time for a change for me now, you know? So I think, you know, discovering the why a helpful routine is just journaling, you know, whipping out the pen and paper that might be uncomfortable for some of us just starting, but that's the whole point. Embrace the discomfort, right? Journaling about certain questions like what comes naturally to me? right? What are some of my innate things that I grew up as a child? And as I grew up older, it just was something I didn't really have to try super hard on. I know friends that were really good at like surfing or sports and they never really had to try. It was just natural to them. I knew other friends that were really good at math and and science. I had some other friends that were just great at skateboarding and they were so creative at music, right? So there's always these subgroups throughout high school. We kind of see, at least I saw that like, oh, wow, that comes naturally to these people. So ask yourself, what comes naturally to me? Well, it puts me in the flow state. So for me, like being on these podcasts, making content, talking, communicating, using my throat chakra, that's a huge part of like my essence as a person. So that's like a huge part of flow state for me is communication, socializing. So I integrated that into my purpose or why. So ask yourself, what puts me in the flow state or that zone, right? Writing's a big part of that for me too. I'm just gets like sucked into this world, right? Another key component of this so what comes natural to you, what puts in the flow state, and uh, what activities did you enjoy as a child? You know, they all these kind of overlap in different ways, but specifically thinking about activities that you were just like, man, I just enjoy that so much. I just really enjoyed that as a kid. I just really enjoyed painting. and I haven't done that in 10 years. Well, that's a child play-like energy that you can reignite throughout your body and provide more of that younger, like, you know, that younger youthful energy, which is all we want to do is become more youthful. That makes me think about just how when we're so young as kids, we look forward to growing older. We look forward to doing all these things and these professions. And then when we get older, we're like, I just want to be a kid again. So (laughs) I think a lot of this is just starting with like the playful childlike energy. That's the core of it all for the, the why and the purpose. 
Yeah, it's so funny because, you know, it always goes and relates back to like when you talk about physical health, it always relates back to like what kind of life are you living? And uh, I think that's really fascinating because we always focus just on the body and not really like what our life looks like and are we happy and are we joyful or not? And I get sucked maybe all the time. Yeah, the physical plane, you know, like how do I improve my physical health, physical health, but it's like actually what's affecting the physical health. It's blockages potentially from my spirit that I haven't addressed. It's you know, mental distressors that are affecting my energy levels. So it's like really getting down into like the mental and spiritual, I think is, um, you know, really important. But at the same time, if you're just starting your healing journey and you're noticing there's some things going on, the physical health is one of the easiest tangible ways to start. And then you can start working on more of like the talk therapy, you know, other things like that. But somatic therapy, bodily therapy is like the first place you want to start, I find for most people. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much. This was really insightful. And I feel like a lot of people will find this helpful. So I guess for those of you that are, are looking to check out more of what you do, what would be a good place to find you? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm pretty, uh, pretty big on Instagram quite often. So you can catch me on all platforms, though. Instagram, building my Twitter a lot. I absolutely love tweeting all sorts of fun stuff or X, I guess you can call it now. It's, you know, it's really an awesome platform for just seeing bits and pieces throughout the day of what's I'm channeling and putting down. So Twitter, I'm active on Instagram and uh, I do have a TikTok, you know, that's on there too. But usually my big three are Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. So if you're interested in checking me out on all these platforms, you can just look up at CBC wellness or just go to cbcwellness.com and check out some more, you know, practical things that can help you out on this crazy health hike journey. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again so much for joining and I will well, maybe see you soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll stay in touch for sure. We'll get things going. All right. Thanks again for listening to the Holistically Healthy Podcast. If you want more information or immediate help, head to www.wholenothingback.net and apply for coaching. 